Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Simi Pro. What is this, Josh? Is this season two? Is that what we're saying that the break was for? Is because we were working on a second season? Oh, yeah, totally. Not because life's been hectic in the last year and a half. Right. It's not like uh, either of us... One of us got married. (laughs) Right. One of us got married and now works a full-time position and all of the things. Uh, No, no, no. not even a little. You're imagining that. Right. It's all in your head, just like this podcast doesn't really exist. But we're very excited because today we're talking about a movie that uh, I think we both hate, but at the same time, both hate well well <laughs> we both hate it and then you love it i don't uh, i don't love it i i won't i so i have been quoted as saying that this is the best of the three prequels and after watching this one i i think i stand by that statement but i still hate you should, it you shouldn't i <laughs> we're gonna talk about the movie and break down the plot and whatnot as we go and I've got a lot of notes here, including just a list of things that I hate, which is as long as the list breaking down the plot of the movie. Um, so I'm very excited to go into this. One of the things I will say about this movie is it's much prettier than I remember it being. Like, I'll- Yeah, I, I was watching it on Disney+, Plus, so I don't know if that was like... I assume that's some kind of remaster that they did. Um, I think they just upscaled it. I don't think they touched any of the visual effects. I don't know because it, like there there were shots. I was like, wow, this is genuinely better than because I, the Phantom Menace gets a lot of uh, mockery for its visual effects because George Lucas is a madman and went, hey, visual effects are in their infancy and they haven't really been fleshed out yet. What if I made a movie that's entirely using them? Yeah, I I don't know that they're not just better than we remember. I, it is it's very possible. I, I'm, um, I'm I'm borderline positive that's what's going on here. And I also watched it on Disney Plus. It is a gorgeous movie, and I have sort of come around on my thought about um, it shouldn't be like because I've always had this idea of Star Wars because I grew up with the original trilogy. And I've always had this idea that Star Wars should be dirty and grungy and whatever. And I've sort of shifted from that opinion um, as of lately, just given the idea of what this movie is supposed to represent. I don't think it does a good job at representing this, but just this idea that this world is not fallen, like it hasn't. The, the, the government hasn't collapsed and all of the, the, like, the Empire is not running everything like they are in the original trilogy. So, I've sort of shifted perspective on that a little bit, uh, especially on this rewatch, because it, I don't know, it comes across a little more. I think in light of things like The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, you can kind of see that a bit more in, in these movies now. I think especially this one, they sort of ditch that idea later and it just becomes like, oh, this is the world we live in. Um, right. Well... Yes, I can see where you come from with it because I hadn't thought about that before. But like, I, you kind of see it for about fifteen minutes, and then it just goes into oh, there's a war now. Yeah, and I really hate that we go to Tatooine in this movie, and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to the part of the plot where we go back to Tatooine. I'll I'll explain my issues with that and this movie in general. Um, one thing I also walked away liking much more than I remembered liking is the politics of this movie. 
Because people talk about, like, Star Wars is too political. Well, yeah, but it's kind of always been. And I think the way that they handle it in this movie is really good. It sets up a great idea for a trilogy to be focused around this overtaking of, you know, a republic and to turn it into an empire. It's a really cool premise to do it that way, as opposed to Palpatine just coming in and killing everybody and taking it over that way, which he had the power to do, so I don't really know why he didn't do it, but I think it's a cool idea to to base it around political thriller, because that's just kind of how things work in our world. Um, but it's also... It's all of those things are built up in this movie that could have been expanded upon in the next two, and then they're sort of just dropped. And I think that is my biggest issue with this movie is it's got a lot of potential for build up for later movies that could have made this one better retrospectively that they don't really do a good job with. Like the whole thing, you know, me and you talk about how The Last Jedi sort of um, refocused the idea of the Jedi being this, you know, disorganized corrupt organization well they sort of hint at that in this movie but then they don't expand on it in the next two and so that's there's all these things that are like really good concepts that have even carried over into later star wars that aren't ever expanded upon because george lucas is a madman um and so we open with this we open with this this tax blockade thing like it's which sounds like oh this is going to be really boring and that's how everybody talks about it they're like oh it's it's it opens and it's so boring but within the first like 30 seconds we've got a lightsaber battle so the tax blockade isn't necessarily boring i don't think because they squeeze action into it um they, they well yeah so they go to this tax blockade and something explodes and they have to escape from this building now uh which well they try like, to poison I, them they try to poison him. It doesn't work. Because Jedi are really good at holding their breath. That's one of my favorite scenes is when the gas starts coming up from the floor and then you just see Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan just like <gasps> hold their breath <laughs> and they just hold their breath forever. It's hilarious. It's, <laughs> it's so like in this movie, especially because they kind of portray it with the Jedi later on. But in this movie, especially they they almost show them just like superheroes where there's really no danger to them at least until the very end there's no pop actual threat because they're so they're so above it all they can hold their breath they can swim uh they can bully jar jar which you know fair enough rightfully so i i would push back on that a little bit and here's why because in this opening scene we see them destroy like four of the weak little droids but then the other droids come and they just run away because they're untrained to deal with this and it's little things like that that make me think like oh they were building towards this being just an inept police force and i like that (laughs) idea but they never expand upon it later like it yeah yeah it's one it's another one where they there's like this is george lucas's thing is he has a lot of really cool ideas and he just doesn't know how to flesh them out it's almost go to him go go ahead and you go hey like we need this movie and you go hey do you want to direct and write and have this movie with virtually no oversight and he does it he becomes a madman well it's it's almost like he forgets the movies he made prior like with this one it feels like he forgot (laughs) the original trilogy with with attack of the clones it feels like he forgot this movie and with revenge of the sith it's like he forgot all six of them like it's 
it's so frustrating because there's so many great concepts that you could have expanded upon in the future. And I don't know, I haven't watched the next two yet, but it feels like from my memory of them, and I'm going to be honest, I have not seen either of those movies in a very long time. It feels like he just forgot what he was going for. And that's what's frustrating to me. Because, like, the, the, the droids, they roll up, and they've got shield generators on, and Obi-Wan's like, Qui-Gon, they've got shield generators. And then Qui-Gon's like, oh no, let's run away. And then they do that little Jedi speed dash away, and then they just that leave. Made me, that made me laugh so hard. Because I, I forgot that that was in the movie. And they, they do it, and he goes, we must retreat. And then they just, they're just gone. And it like it catches you so off guard. Well, and it's know. it's distracting, but it's also just it plays into this fact that they don't know what they're doing. They're inept. Right. Like they're it, idiots. I would say like I I can't be too harsh in this movie because like, it it is a kids movie ultimately. Yeah. But there are like like there's parts where when they're escaping, so they, they you know they try and get to Naboo um, because that's the nearest planet. And they find Padme and the the, the Nabooan governors, I guess. Uh, they, they never really explain those. They just have one council meeting where the meme came about because uh, Palpatine's in it as a hologram and he does like the shift thing so his body gets really white. <laughs> and that's all <laughs> I could focus on throughout the entire scene. Um, and then they, they just like escape. Uh, and they're on the ship, they're being shot at. And one of the guys is like, Oh, we're done. We have no shield. He's just given up. He's like, we're dead. We have no shields. We're, we're done for. We're just gonna die here. And then R two does it almost instantly afterwards. And he goes, we've got shields. Boom. Like it just everything moves so quickly in that first sort of thirty minutes. Which is another thing that's like, because it feels like he he Lucas is overcompensating, right? It feels like he's like, okay, I know this is a little bit boring, but it's what's gonna kick off this plot. So I've got to insert a ton of action into this first little bit. And it's, it's, I, I do think for how boring the concept is, they do a really good job at compensating for that concept with action and space chases. And also they look gorgeous. Like them escaping from Naboo. Number one, the planet of Naboo in general, just the design of it is really cool. Um, this is also where they, they like, this is the first time we've seen a planet in Star Wars that doesn't just feel like the whole planet looks like this one town because we see the town and then we see the outskirts of the town and we see two cities on this planet that look completely different with completely different designs. To me, that's really cool because we haven't seen that in Star Wars before or since really like we, we we see the city on Tatooine and then we see the desert but it all just kind of looks the same this one's got different like like climates in different areas and all of these different things like it feels more like a real planet there, there's yeah there's like that swamp bit then there's uh the underwater land I guess with the with uh the mm, I can't remember what he's called boss nest that was it <laughs> yeah there's the Planet core. That was annoying. I really hated anything to do with Gungans. I really hate Gungans. No, I really did. Or as, uh, as George Lucas liked to call them, Gungans. I, I saw somebody do like a, like, why is Jar Jar so annoying? And it's not just the things that he says, but it's also the way he talks. 
yeah. And it's the it's fact that the, you have to think about everything that he says to figure out what he's saying. He, he's saying like, oh, I can't go there because they, they don't like me anymore. He goes like, me've been banned. Me's have been banned and shit did. And it's like, no, I have to says, think about says, that. He says, me've. Like, <laughs> I, I, I remember because it annoyed me. So I had to think about it for more than five seconds to think, what the hell was he meaning? Um, it... I want to talk about something as we're on our way to Tatooine because it really gets on my nerves for the entirety of the Tatooine things. Qui-Gon Jinn, who people love, and I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, is the most useless character maybe in all of Star Wars. (laughs) He's useless. He's not very good at what he does. He's annoying. He's obnoxious. He should have been Obi-Wan. Like, there's no reason for Qui-Gon Jinn to exist when you have the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi who you could have given this to. He he creates a huge plot hole in the plot of the original trilogy. Like, there's all these things, and I know people like him because he's got long hair and a beard, but he is absolutely pointless, useless, and gets on my everlast nerve because there's no reason for him to exist whatsoever. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's played by, uh, 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 um... Man. Liam Neeson's knees, son. I was gonna. I was really gonna say Ian Neeson. Mm. I just. I'm. I'm not with it today. I mean, it's like, it, why not give that to Obi Wan? Well, I. In a way, I'm thankful because I do love Liam Neeson, and I think he's a, a, a tremendous actor. But he's not good but, in this movie. Like he. No, no, like no, it's but, not like he's a good actor for this plot. Like he. He doesn't no, do it, anything good. It, it's tough to find anyone who like like like. Natalie Portman is a legitimate Oscar-winning actress. Most people in Star Wars are Oscar-winning actors at this point. But, like, Star Wars is arguably all of their worst performances because, I mean, half the people who have been in Star Wars hate Star Wars now. Oscar Isaac hates Star Wars. Han Solo hates Star Wars. I know his name's Harrison Ford, but Han Solo's who he is. They, They all hate Star Wars at this point because... Clearly, there's something that happens when you're on a Star Wars production, where you just grow to have complete disdain for everything around you. I get that, and I get that it's really hard to do something with this script, and a lot of people have argued that. But you know who can do something with this script, and continually does, and is the only person who can make these the, these movies any sort of redeemable? It's Ewan McGregor! And he's Obi-Wan, and he could have been Obi-Wan in this movie doing the same thing that Qui-Gon Jinn did, and it would have been better. It would have lined up more with the original trilogy. Like, there's no reason for Qui-Gon to exist, and it really annoys me that, like, he's become this fan-favorite character when he's one of... Like, he's, he's literally useless, and we'll talk more about the things that he does in this movie that, like, make him a horrible person in a moment... But as we're... Just wait until he turns up in the Obi-Wan show. It's like, as we're building up to this, like, we're going to Tatooine, because it's this planet on the outskirts that we can go to, which that's the reason they give in the movie. The reason they actually give it is it's nostalgia bait, because the the New Hope took place on Tatooine. They they give it... The the reason in the movie is that they're going to crash land somewhere, so they might as well crash land somewhere that's not owned by the evil guys. And it doesn't matter, because this planet is also evil mm-hmm. like there's <laughs> they go oh the huts aren't looking for us, so we should be fine but the hut like that all, all the huts are is a tiny little green glob 
in the pod racing scene, which is the only good scene in this movie. The only I, I think it goes on too long. We'll talk about that in a minute. I've got a ton of stuff that I'm going to break down about the pod racing scene. It had the potential to be a good scene, and it's just not. We'll get into that in a minute. The the My biggest frustration is there's no reason for Anakin to be from Tatooine. Like, right. like just because Luke is from Tatooine doesn't mean that Anakin needs to be from Tatooine. There's a lot of stuff with Anakin where it's like, why did you actively make this decision? Um, why did you make it so that he has no father? Why Why did he have... Yeah, why did you have to do an immaculate virgin birth like Jesus? Why did you have to do that? Why is he a slave? There's no reason for him to be a slave. It does nothing for the story. Him being a slave does nothing for his character or the story in these movies. The, uh, the slave thing half kind of I, I want to say half works out on in the future where it, it allows him to have this really like tragic backstory and I guess I don't want to say it explains why he's so socially unaware in the future movies because by that point he should have been a Jedi for like 15 years like it it makes sense if he was a slave up until he was 22 and then he trained in the way of the Jedi or whatever. Because See, I still least, think like there's no growth. there's no reason to just introduce slavery in Star Wars, a thing that was not existent in Star Wars. Like, it, where are all the slaves in New Hope? You think you think the slaves on Tatooine just disappeared? No, it doesn't make any well, sense. They, they were robot slaves, right? But there are robot slaves in this movie. When you have robot slaves who are more efficient, effective, and don't have souls, why would you continue real slavery? It doesn't make any sense. Well, because uh, because George Lucas has a bias. It also makes <laughs> it makes the Jedi feel worse. Like it it right. make especially Qui Gon makes him feel like a worse guy because instead of freeing all of the slaves, he just takes this one kid away from his mother, and <laughs> and leaves her as a slave on this planet to inevitably die in the future. Like it's like. The, the slavery aspect of this movie was handled so poorly that it really should not have been included, I don't think. Like, if you were going to do the slave concept well, that's a whole different discussion, but they didn't, so well, drop they, it. Solo did the slave concept pretty well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, slaves in Star Wars could have been, like, a different form of slavery that was actually... I mean, they, they hint on, like, life debts in this movie. You could have done slavery... In a, in a way, dealing with life debts, things that were already established, things that are different, but they don't. And they don't handle it in any way that's that's creative or original. They just say, all right, this little kid, he's a slave. He works for, what's his name? Uh, Watto. Watto, little tiny winged man with a, um, with a uh, fat old belly. No, and a big old uh, certain nose. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, just, that just feels really, really... It's very dated. Uh, very dated, very kind of icky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we're here on Tatooine. We, we meet this this Jewish caricature. We meet this little slave boy. And it should have been Obi-Wan. Every, t- every scene on Tatooine, I'm thinking, this should have been Obi-Wan. Because <laughs> it, when Obi-Wan is telling Luke how he met his father for the first time in A New Hope, he talks about, well, when I met him, he was a great pilot. And it was yada, yada, yada. And it's like... Well, yeah, these are all true as given in this movie, except for you didn't meet him then, and you really didn't like him ever. I never get the sense that they like each other until the Clone Wars TV show. I was going to say, this is a Clone Wars thing where, um, the, like, 
a big reason why the prequels are seen as this, I don't want to say masterpiece, but why a lot of people like them beyond just the nostalgia of, oh, I watched these when I was a kid and I had fun. Because to a kid, these movies are fine. You know, they're, they're fun enough. Um, they'll keep you distracted for a few hours. But the in terms of, like, actual physical quality of writing and shooting and production, they don't really work until The Clone Wars comes on. Because The Clone Wars gives you like 10, 10 hours worth of content where it's like, hey, these guys were really good friends. They were actually brothers. They actually cared for each other and had relationships and, and, and characters development and stuff. But it just, you can't do that in essentially two movies, which is all they have. Well, had. no, you can. They just chose actively not to. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you could have done that. In this movie, how many movies have you ever met where two guys meet and then become best friends? There are tons of them. Like, they just actively chose not to do that. Well, it's tough It's tough to do that when one of those child. You d- didn't have to make Anakin a child. In fact, it really doesn't line up age-wise to the original trilogy having him be a child here. Eh. I, George I Lucas has said, so the idea was to cast a teenager for Anakin, but as he read through the script, he thought it would be sadder for a little boy to be separated from his mother than a teenager. Which makes sense. Why did that need to be said? Why are we doing all... Like, there there are all these decisions that are being made. And it's it's like everything that happens in this movie didn't really have any thought put to it. It was more just like, okay, how do we get to the next scene? How do and make this sad? I, I also forgot, and we're coming up on the part where Darth Vader builds C-3PO, which is a whole other thing. R2-D2 <laughs> being in this movie is stupid and dumb, and I hate it. Um, him being the one who saves the ship. I understand that one a little bit more. Anakin Skywalker building C-3PO is way stupider and way dumber, and I hate it way more, but I really, really hate it. I don't have any particular reason to hate it, but I don't well, need you're, one. You're, it's stupid. You're, you're a Star Wars fan. Like, it's it's just like, why? <laughs> why why did we need that? Like, I, it, why? It's just, it's annoying, and it's stupid, and it doesn't make any sense. I never once watched the original trilogy of Star Wars and thought, you know what, I really wish, I have this headcanon theory in my head that Darth Vader is the one who built C-3PO. Like, and it's one of those things that I always forget about until I'm watching the movie because it's so stupid and so inconsequential to the plot that there's no reason to include it because there's also no reason for him to be in this movie. Uh, yeah, well, that that's that they were trying this whole the whole point of this the the original trilogy was just to go. Hey, do you remember things from the originals that you liked? Right. Here's, here's the use of Ocean story that changes nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it it's kind of in a way George Lucas is brilliant um, because he predicted what movies <laughs> he predicted what movie studios were going to be doing 20 years from then. I guess that's true. Oh, These to, movies would slaughter to today, by the way. I know, like, they made a lot of money at the time, but critically they were panned when they came out. These movies yeah. would slaughter today. And that's a little frustrating, because it's like these movies ultimately are are not good. There's a lot of really cool stuff in them. and, right, they're, and they're, I, like I said, they're, they're kids' movies. And they're fun in a sense of they give your kids something to watch for a few hours that will distract them. And that's fine. Well, it's this idea that they made two really good Star Wars movies in the last decade. And one really bad Star Wars movie in the last decade. And people hate them all equally. 
And in 15 years, people will love them because people grew up watching them. I really like Force Awakens. I really like Last Jedi. I really don't like Rise of Skywalker. But it Rise of Skywalker falls a whole lot and people don't like Rise of Skywalker like even the people who like this movie don't like that one but this movie feels a whole lot more like these 3 than it does part of the next 3 which is which is why that movie doesn't work um while we're on the topic of the plot I do want to say Tatooine is very neat I really like Tatooine I really like seeing this expansion of the city that's different, and it's grimy, but it's not like as grimy as it is later on, but it's still grimy, which is a beautiful contrast to what we just saw on Naboo, Um, and just seeing like this city in a bigger scale is neat, seeing different parts of the city, seeing that good old CGI job of the hut roll out. Um, there's a lot of really neat things that they do and a lot of really cool species and aliens and stuff that they include, including some practical ones and some CGI ones. And there's a lot of really neat stuff in the Tatooine bit, especially as we're building up to the pod race. I like how, uh, I I meant to mention this earlier, I like how when they're on the ship at the start of the movie, the bad guys are like bug creatures with big red eyes and just, they they look inherently evil. (laughs) And you're going, I wonder why they ever went into business with them in the first place. Yeah. But... The character design in this movie, I oh, think, it's good. and and you it's lose good. a you lose a little bit of that in the later in the later prequels. The character design in this movie is fantastic. Um, like later on, it seems like they're like, all right, let's just do something crazy and just model something weird, so that we can have. But here, it feels like there was genuine thought put into them. Um, and I right. may change my mind on this as we're watching the next two movies. I don't know. This is just based off of my memory. But I really, really like what we have done on Tatooine. And I really like the pod race. I think it's a cool scene. It's a gorgeous scene. It's got the, some of the best sound design in all of Star Wars, I think. Um, it's a little it's long, a, but I can forgive that. Tension. It's got oh, yeah. tension, which is actually nice. Because you kind of... I, I say at this point um, in life, uh, like Star Wars has become this predictable, essentially, kind of mm. thing. Uh, where you know, going in, good guys are going to win, bad guys are going to lose. Uh, you can basically call out what happens throughout a movie, but the the part of a scene is the first time in the whole of Phantom Menace where you start going, you know, he could actually lose this. Yes. Because you don't think he's going to win. Now, why? I, I say all of those positives about the pod race to ask this question. <laughs> why couldn't anyone but the small child race in this pod race? Padme, you can race in the pod race. Qui-Gon, you can race the pod race. Qui-Gon, call up Obi-Wan. Make him race in the pod race. You guys are both trained Jedi Knights. Why are we making this small child endanger his life to race in this pod race? Qui-Gon, don't put small children's lives in danger, maybe. Like, that's a, that's a, that seems like pretty obvious to me. Like, why, 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 you know? It, 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 well, yeah, because, I mean, you can even go, hey, uh, Obi-Wan, do you mind doing this pod race? Just use the force and mm-hmm. throw people off mm-hmm. the track. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, this is fine. You murder other people in the movie. He, he just cheated moments ago. Well, we see that nobody dies in the pod race with Sebulba. When he crashes his thing, we see that, oh, they weren't actually dying. They were just, like, crashing, which is a nice little thing George Lucas threw in there for the kiddos. Um, but it's like, okay... Anyone but the small child can compete in the pod race and just cheat. Because Qui-Gon's already cheated in this bet when he when they rolled the dice. He used the force to put it on his side. Like, 
you're he, already he, cheating. Also, he, maybe just steal the part to the ship and steal the kid. Like if you yeah, if you're what, for cheating in the pod race, just steal him. What's what's what I'm gonna do? Because he's he's clearly like he's not gonna go to the police. There are no police on Tatooine. Mm. This is a lawless land. The also, Jedi are the police. They're the police of the, the of the, the the galaxy. Like you're the police. Just steal the parts you need. Steal the kid. Steal his mom, and go back to your ship. Don't make him compete in this this horribly dangerous race. Even his mom is like, I hate it when you compete in those things because you're gonna get hurt and you're gonna die. And Anakin's like, I love pod racing. And Qui Gon's like, Yes, you do, kid. Why don't you go risk your life for me? And it's so frustrating because. Remember, now, had they gone in the direction of these Jedi are really scummy people and there are, like, two of them that are good and it's Yoda and it's Obi-Wan and they try to train this kid but he gets corrupted by the by the scummy ones and then the fall happens, which is what I feel like they were going for in this movie, except for not Yoda because Yoda's the worst in this movie. Like, Yoda's, Yoda's just horrifying to like, look at. Like, not only that, but he's just, like, the worst character. Like, he's just like the rest of the Jedi. And you really expect him to kind of stand out and be different. But he just doesn't. And that's frustrating. But it's like, there's no reason for Qui-Gon to put this kid's life in danger with this pod race. And I like the pod race, but it could have easily been anyone else except for Anakin Skywalker. Now, even if Anakin Skywalker, if they aged him up and he was, you know... A, if he was a, you know, a more, an older character, had they aged him up to a teenager like the original script intended, that's fine. Go for it. Like, I'm cool with it then. This kid's like seven. Don't let him, like, we're not putting seven-year-olds in a NASCAR race. I I do feel really bad for Jake Lloyd, because, you know, he was just this kid who was like, hey, I like Star Wars. Uh, Yeah, sure, I'll be in this movie. And then he got bullied into psychiatric help yeah he's he's got like clinically diagnosed schizophrenia now and like i feel horrible that this happened to this kid not that it's anybody it's like i don't want to blame lucas i don't want to blame jake lloyd or the movie or the production it's none of their fault they just casted a kid in a movie but they they couldn't know what was going to happen if anything it's the kids who actually bullied him for acting in like a big budget movie yeah which is a really weird thing to bully someone for isn't it odd to bully somebody for being in star wars it's almost like they're just doing a job and it's like they get to be in one of the biggest franchises in the world and i can't believe that that would ever happen you know i'm glad that that happened in 1999 and isn't still going on to this day i'm I'm, really glad glad that I'm so glad that people aren't getting bullied off of Instagram and other places for acting in a movie and taking a paycheck. Yeah, I'm really glad that we've learned our lesson with Jake Lloyd and we don't do that anymore. That's very cool to me. Um, commentary aside, I think Jake <laughs> Lloyd does fine in this movie. Like, like I, he's not the best. He's 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 not the best kid actor I've ever seen. But he's also not the worst kid actor I've ever seen in movies of this budget and scale. Oh no, no, but by, by no means. He's, I mean, he's pretty. Like, how how old is he when he did this? Like, I think eleven. Yeah, he does say. a he does a solid job. Like, he's fine in this movie for the purposes. Now, the 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 actual words that they give him to say, the script right, the is di- bad. <laughs> the dialogue is awful because George Lucas does not know how to write human interaction. Right. One of the things that George Lucas has said about this movie, and I I can really see it now that I've heard this quote, 
is he said that this movie, you are meant to understand everything that happens in this movie without dialogue. So the dialogue was written after the plot and the scenes and everything. That's when he wrote in dialogue. That makes sense. Like, you're supposed to be able to watch this movie muted and still be able to follow the plot. Absolutely. I can. That's a feat. Most movies can't do that. There's no, like, huge long dialogue dumps where it's, like, exposition. And that doesn't happen in this movie because you can follow the plot without hearing the words that they're saying. I also don't feel like I should not want to hear the words that they're saying in a movie. And that's how I feel here. I feel like if you're going to see a movie... You probably want to hear the movie, you know? And Like, most people aren't going to go to the cinema and go, you know what I really hate? I just hate how loud movies are. I wish we could turn the sound off. I really hate when people speak in movies. I, I don't I don't like seeing people talking. It really annoys me. Um. So, after we leave Tatooine, uh, we go back to Naboo, correct? Uh, yes, I believe so. Qui-Gon they, they fly out. They fly out with their new thing, and they go back. Well, to we fight movie. Darth Maul first, well, and that's that—that's fight. It's a bit of a term. Darth Maul jumps Qui Gon, and then they run away. Yeah. they run away every time there's a conflict in this movie. Which, out of the two fights in this movie, like the two the two um, Darth Maul Qui Gon fights, this one looks prettier. Um, mm-hmm. But the second one's more interesting. The second one is far, far more interesting and far more worth talking about. This is just to introduce our good guy to the bad guy. And as much as I like the design of Darth Maul, there's he's such wasted potential because he has. Did you you ever hear about uh, Luke's original sequel idea? I did not. So his idea, before he sold out the company uh, and to Disney, um, his original idea for the sequels was to make Maul the main villain. That's a neat idea. Which would have been neat, because I, like, I feel like most people's biggest issue with this movie is just that, hey, you have this really cool villain, and then you didn't do anything with him. He, like, he, he looks cool, he has a double-sided lightsaber, that's sick, and then he just dies. Which, I don't again, think that's a- anybody's biggest issue with this movie okay, big, biggest may have been a, a stretch but, no, like, he, but but that still doesn't fix the the problem that he should have been the villain of this trilogy no no well this I mean like th- this was something that Clone Wars did well where they went hey this guy people seem to really like this guy what if we make him an actual character and give him like a development and everything yeah that yeah, well, <laughs> look at people other than George Lucas taking his content and making it better. Um, Dave, Filoni, Dave Filoni should have conceptualized Star Wars when he was like five years old. I mean, it's so, so apparently Lucas didn't want to write and direct this movie, but he couldn't get anybody else to do it. So there was at one point Spielberg <laughs> was attached to direct, but nobody wanted to take on this movie because... Um, Tried to get Kasdan back, who wrote Empire Strikes Back. They tried to get him back to write the script and, like, all of these things. Lucas didn't want to take this on as a one-man show, but he did. And what we're left with is a mess. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the list of things that I hate. Um, So we go back to Naboo, and this is where I get a little fuzzy because I mix it up with the earlier scene on Naboo. And I... 
they take place in the same place. Yeah. Like, I'm 99% sure there are shots that are reused to some degree. They probably filmed it all at the same time, too. And the Jedi well, never change clothes. Nobody ever changes clothes in Star Wars. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. The Jedi outfit frustrates me because it's very clear from New Hope and the the that that's just supposed to be Tatooine garb but instead it becomes like the Jedi uniform and it's the lamest uniform you could possibly have okay so this is this I like to call this one the JK Rowling effect where um you know in the original Harry Potter trilogy Dumbledore wears clothes that make him look like a wizard and that that I guess makes sense because everything seems you know this is our first introduction to magic I suppose that 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 tracks but then they did Fantastic Beasts and he's out here wearing a suit he looks he's got drip and I'm, I'm like okay at what point do you go from this to going to the, the robes is it just, do you just get tired of getting dressed do you start wearing your pajamas yeah well it's so in in New Hope on Tatooine there are countless people wearing this exact same these exact same like robes because they're like sand clothes and they look like sand clothes and then they really did this in with Return of the Jedi so it's not even a prequel issue but in Return of the Jedi all of the Jedi Force Ghosts are wearing the the same robe that Obi-Wan wears in New Hope and so that's where it's like okay Lucas didn't under forgot or people just really (laughs) took to it or whatever but it's still frustrating in this movie because you could have done something really cool with it being before the fall of the Empire, or before the fall of the Republic, and it could have been really neat. Anyway, we're back on Naboo. What happens? Because this is where my brain goes fuzzy on this movie. This is, like, the least memorable part of the whole thing. Anything after the pod race is like the movie might as well be over. Um, right. I, I, I watched this last night, and I can't remember. Yeah. They, they go back, um, and I think they try and retake... Um, the way I'm trying to remember it is I recently started playing the Lego Skywalker saga again. Mm. And I just played through episode one a couple of weeks ago. So I'm like, what happened in there? So you go to, you do the pod racing, you get the new battery, and then you go back to Naboo to free the, like, the, the guards in the tower, I guess. Um... Oh, doesn't Padme reveal herself before that? Yes, Padme reveals herself right around this this time. Now, here's here's another thing I don't understand. Why did you leave Naboo? Because um, you were going somewhere before your ship got damaged to escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, this is the issue of the movie, is that half the time I don't remember anything. That's that's my biggest problem, is I don't... No, okay, so they don't go back to Naboo, they they go to Coruscant, but we still see what's going on at, at Naboo. That's where the Jedi go. They take uh, Padme to Coruscant so that she can deal with the political jargon. And then there's like these three scenes, these four scenes going on at once. You got the battle with the Gungans, you've got the battle on Naboo, you've got the stuff on Coruscant, and then you've got the Darth Maul scene all happening in unison at the same time. And it's very distracting, and it really gets on my nerves. We're on track, the movie's almost over, Josh. So, on Naboo, there's like this whole thing going on, and Anakin's there, and that's when he tries spinning, because that's a good trick, and they get everybody out of Naboo. That's one thing that happens. On Coruscant, you've got Padme, and she's dealing with some political jargon, and Jar Jar's with her, and they're doing this whole thing, and they come to some consensus of of 
going to war or whatever or putting off war. I can't really remember because it all just feels like war. The Gungans are being attacked by the Separatist droids. Separatist droids are attacking the Gungans. The Gungans are fighting back and they're winning. Uh, and then uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon uh, are on Naboo fighting Darth Maul at the same time that the other Naboo people are trying to escape. Uh, so they, Qui-Gon just gets absolutely demolished by this guy. It's two on one and Qui-Gon's, one of them dies. Two Jedi against one Sith and one of the Jedi still dies, which just plays into this idea that the Jedi are just the worst. And Qui-Gon's dead. Obi-Wan, he cuts Darth Maul in half. Darth Maul falls down a pit. Uh, Obi-Wan mourns over the loss of his father. We do go to the Jedi Council at some point during all of this, and the Jedi Council's like, this kid's the worst, I hate him. Uh, Qui-Gon tells Obi-Wan that he's not ready to be uh, a Jedi Master yet, and then tells him, uh, Obi-Wan's ready to be a Jedi Master, uh, I want to train this Anakin kid. And then Qui-Gon dies, and uh, Obi-Wan has to train the boy. Everybody, all the Jedi in this movie on the Council are super annoying, and I hate them all. Uh, why can't this kid be trained? It doesn't make any sense that Jedi have to be babies to be trained. It's it's all based around the one line where Yoda says that Luke is too old to train him. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, where Luke's or uh, Yoda says that to about Luke in Empire Strikes Back, and and yeah. but he says that he's not training because he's too old. Right when it doesn't make any sense because he was a grown man. So it's like, why why is Anakin too old? He seems like perfect age to be. Trained. But it, you see, you see younglings in the future movies, and they're the same. They they're younger than Anakin, if anything. Right. I, I guess the idea is like like Jedi had to be taken from the birth? time of like birth to be trained. Yeah. Well, they, they basically they just make him seem like they kidnap people, which they just they do. Which they do. Qui Gon says that in the movie, and Qui Gon kid Qui Gon kidnaps a kid in this movie. Um, and so that's when all this stuff happens. Darth Maul is cut in half, and a very cool scene, I will say. Probably one of my favorite lightsaber fights from the the saga as a whole. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Duel it, of the Fates it, it, kicks it, in, and it's like, no, 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 no. It's very cool. It's such a beautiful piece of music. I'm so glad they bring it back for Obi-Wan. Yes. I'm, I'm glad that, like, unofficially, that's Obi-Wan's theme. Well, so, apparently, I don't know if you've heard this, but John Williams had an it's Obi-Wan it, yeah. theme that he wrote for a new hope i'm pretty sure but there wasn't a, an area where they could use it so he's rewriting it and redoing right, yeah, it yeah. I, I saw about that because he said that obi-wan's the only like legacy character he never wrote a theme for and he wants to change that and it's also really cool because he's not the one who's doing the he's not composing this series they're just letting him do it because he no, wants to uh, natalie holt who did the loki series which is i mean the loki OSTs fantastic I yeah my off time so she i'm very also, excited um she also chuck tags at simon cow yes thank you for for getting us on a different topic so i could calm down for a second um <laughs> talk about good movies like <laughs> right right so they escape the good guys win except for at qui-gon's funeral mace windu who we have not really been introduced to in this movie he just kind of exists uh um, I, I do like i mean he's not a great jedi but he does because this is something that I will say I like, kind of appreciate is they do set up that the Jedi are inherently flawed because they say these things like, you know, only a Sith deals in absolutes and that in itself is an absolute, which whether or not Lucas planned for that or it was just like a, a, a thing that he lucked his way into, I don't know because I don't know if George Lucas is that talented, but 
that in itself is kind of cool. And I like that Qui-Gon's kind of an outlier. Like, he, he, he doesn't follow that. He's more just like, hey, I think we should probably not do these things. Yeah. Because I think that's destined to fail. Well, and it's... It feels like what Lucas wanted to do with the Jedi was make them this flawed police force for the galaxy that is destined to fail because they're so arrogant and they're so full of themselves, but they're completely and utterly untrained. And it's like, it feels like that's really what he was going for in this movie. And at the end, it's like, they never knew that there was a Sith. Like, they, nobody could sense it. I mean, in the opening scene of the movie, Obi-Wan's like, I have a bad feeling about this. And Qui-Gon says, I don't feel anything. And then they get poisoned. It's like, they're bad. They're, they suck. And that's never expounded upon in the future of these movies. And that is frustrating. But the good guys win at the end of the movie. And Yoda and Mace Windu have the conversation. And they were like, And then Obi-Wan talks to Yoda for a little bit. And Yoda's like, you must train the or the boy. You must train. And then he trains the boy, and then that's and the he, roll credits. He, he looks like an awful, awful puppet, and just assaults my eyes. <laughs> At least he doesn't look like a puppet in the um, Disney Plus version. You don't have to see that. You see CGI. Yoda. I, I, I can't. I can't forget the original time. The first time I saw this movie, and I, like I was a kid when I saw this movie, and I saw it after the original trilogy, because back in those days we had a VHS. And I, like, back in the day, the VHS days, in, boy. Back in the old days, and I, I watched it, and I went. I literally saw Yoda on screen, and I remember going, "Who is that?" Because it doesn't look like Yoda. It doesn't look like Yoda. Also, they just like they introduce this whole other senator so that Palpatine can come in and take over, and he's just like drop. Just makes Palpatine the senator. Then there's really no reason for it. No, there's not. And then he becomes a senator in this movie. And that leads to antics later. Um, <laughs> ultimately, this movie is the one that you can take out. Like, you could start with Attack of the Clones. And that's a real miss. This movie has no reason to exist. And I think it's a miss that this movie isn't tied into the plot in a way that feels effective and efficient. That is a huge miss, I think. Because if you want to do a trilogy of movies, all three of your movies need to play into that trilogy. You can't have one that just shouldn't exist. And yeah. and this there's some really, really good stuff in this movie that sets up a trilogy that is not the one that we got. And that's frustrating to me. Get rid of Qui-Gon. Give it all to Obi-Wan. Make Obi-Wan and Yoda, because Yoda trained Obi-Wan according to the original trilogy set them apart in some way that is that is different and they don't really agree with all the things that the Jedi are saying but they're still there and they still exist and they're the ones who sort of you know operate a little differently and then they discover this kid and and they they try to free him and all like you could do a lot of the same stuff but better and I'm not going to try to rewrite these movies because everybody in the world, including us, has tried to rewrite these movies. And it's like, it's 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 pointless to do that. But it's also like this movie, to me, more so than the other two, 
because I've heard it said, I think it was in the Plinkett review, Attack of the Clones is the movie that made people realize that this movie wasn't a mistake. Like it wasn't, this movie wasn't an accident. This is just what they're doing now. But right, this, this one, is... this one more so than the other two has so much potential to be yeah. something great. And it's just say, this, not. This like, like, okay. <laughs> I don't want to, but I know we'll watch Attack of Clones and I'm just kind of mentally prepared. <laughs> I'm so excited for Attack of the Clones, man. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm not mentally prepared myself for that. But like, Attack of the Clones, I know is an awful movie. I, I know it's, like, it's not even redeemable and awful. It is just the worst. The worst of the worst of the worst. This doesn't feel bad. It feels like a lot of wasted potential. Yeah, it does. It, it That's... I, I still stand by as far as pacing goes, as far as story goes, even as far as, like, doing innovative new things and special effects. Like, all of those things, I think this movie really shines above the rest. It's also the prettiest of the trilogy, uh, I think, in part due to the fact that it was shot on film, but not completely. Digital filmmaking has come a long way since 2002. Um, Attack of the Clones is just really ugly. That There's a lot of things in this movie that give it the potential to be one of the best Star Wars movies. But it's just not. Like, it falls so flat because it'll pick up the ball and it'll start running and it's really cool and then they just drop it. They fumble the ball every chance that they get. And especially in taking these concepts that we've introduced and expounding upon them in the next two movies because they just don't do that. There's, no, like, I don't know. It, had somebody else come in and tinkered up the script a little bit, and somebody else directed, like almost happened, like had Kasdan come in and written this movie, or at least like helped work out the script of this movie, and had Spielberg directed, I think we'd have a very similar story, but just a much different movie. And I, I, I guess that's yeah. my biggest frustration, and also praise of this movie. It's, this is why I think this is the best of the trilogy, because this is the one that explores concepts and things, and makes and does something that is is creative and different. But it just doesn't do it well. So what I'm saying is, all three of these movies are awful, but this one is almost not awful, but it's still awful. I mean, we'll, we'll get to this when we watch uh, the third one. But I maintain that Revenge of the Sith is probably my favorite of the three. See, I, I think it's got the same issues that the other two have, but it's less fun and it's really poorly paced. But we'll get to that when we watch that one. Right. Now I want to talk about the list of things that I hate. Right, okay. And I want to talk about the idea behind why I decided to make a list of things that I hate. And this will carry on through the next two movies. I'm watching this movie and we get to Tatooine and I've already realized how much I hate Qui-Gon by this point because he's already really annoyed me. And then Jar Jar steps in poop. And when Jar Jar steps in poop, it made me realize I just need a list of things that I hate. And so number one on my list of things that I hate is Jar Jar stepping in poop. Number two on the, I don't need to explain that one. I don't need to explain never, myself. Never, never. It's not just the fact that he steps in poop, but it's also like his response to stepping in poop and the whole thing. There's no poop on the ground before he steps in it either, and then it just disappears after he steps in it. <sighs> Come on. I'm not going to explain it, and then you explained it. I did explain it. Much. Number two on the list of things that I hate, Qui-Gon Jinn. 
I've already went into enough detail as to why I hate Qui-Gon Jinn, especially in the Tatooine stuff. It would have been it would have been fine had he been in the opening and been in the end, but it was Obi-Wan on Tatooine, which I'm pretty sure was the original idea behind what they were doing. And then they got Liam Neeson and were like, this guy's a star. We're going to put him in more of this movie. Um, but it creates this issue of like there's no main character to this movie which is something that they go very much in detail in the Plinkett review of this movie. There is no main character. So Qui-Gon Jinn, hate Qui-Gon Jinn. Sebulba, I don't know if there's a reason I hate Sebulba. I just really hate Sebulba. I guess that might be a good thing because I feel like I'm supposed to hate Sebulba. I hate his name. I hate his I hate his design. I hate him as a character. I hate how, like, like there's a line that even most horrible people don't cross, which is endangering and trying to murder children. Sebulba tries to murder children. He's just annoying. Um, he, he, I know you said that they show that people survived when he crashes, but he straight up murders at least three people in that, that yeah, whole he's, scene. He's the worst, and I don't like Sebulba. And I hate his name. That's why I keep saying Sebulba, because it's annoying. And <laughs> ugh. anyway, Anakin's virgin birth. So stupid. So weird. So out of place in Star Wars. It doesn't. It doesn't fit. Like, it's just odd. It also... They never bring it up again. Like, ever. No, and it really takes this idea of, like, these are normal people who got roped into this crazy thing that happened. Which is the plot of the original trilogy. Like, these are just three people. One of them, you know, is a princess, sure. But Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, they're all just regular people trying to make a difference in the world. And it really throws that out the window in the fact that Luke Skywalker is Jesus' son. Like, there's nothing in the original trilogy that implies that Darth Vader is anything less than a pawn of the Emperor. And so having him be this, like, uh, this, like, immaculate virgin birth born by the force to bring balance or whatever like that's just weird and i don't like it <laughs> i also don't like midichlorians that's next up on the list we didn't even talk about midichlorians but the I, I refuse i refuse to talk about like it's such a stupid idea it, i and it does, the jedi council are the worst and i hate all of those people they are the absolute worst and had they made them the worst on purpose, I would be okay with it. But they didn't. At least like they they deserved to all die a horrible death. Yes, I get I, really happy when Order sixty six is executed because I really hate these guys. I also really hate the ending of this movie. Uh, having four battles at once is too many, and it's very think- frustrating because right when you start to get into one thing that's happening, we have to cut to another battle. This is due to the fact that the original cut of this movie was six hours long, and they had to cut it down to a reasonable... It's around two, right? Uh, yeah, it's... it's there, yeah, it's about two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. They had to cut out four hours of this movie, which is why nothing makes any sense. Because George Lucas is a madman. Because George Lucas is a crazy person. Uh, but having four battles go on at once is is a lot. Uh, I right, saw most, some... Most movies tend to stick to two. You know, you have two one battle and you cut to the other. 
And that's like, oh, cool, I like the parallels. But then when you've... It's like trying to show World War Two in real time at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you're going like, okay, I get what you're trying to do, but you're literally showing us seven different countries fighting at the same time in 18 different places. Right. Can we just vocalize it just a little bit please and i don't think it works and i think it takes away from the impact of all of these things right yeah well like you say you you get invested in one and then they jump to another and then they jump to another and they jump to another you're never there long enough to go like oh i really like this elegant spinning scene this (laughs) i'm glad that this is in the movie to be fair i will try spinning because it seems like a good trick it does seem like a good trick i can't fool him for that one and it pays off Right, it pays off. He uh, goes on to slaughter children. <laughs> he spins. And that was a good trick. Uh, so that's the list of things that I hate. There is more. Um, R2-D2 being in this movie, thing that I hate. Anakin Skywalker building C-3PO, thing that I hate. Uh, the things that I hate list will be much longer on the Attack of the Clones movie. It will quite possibly be the whole review. It will quite, yeah. We, Me and you both really hate Attack of the Clones. Yeah. But I also have not seen Attack of the Clones in years. So I'm very excited to jump back into and rewatch that movie and rediscover my pure, unadulterated hatred for it. I, um, I like to, you know, usually I like to try and find positives in things in life. Like, I, I, I genuinely do like to look at stuff and think, hey, this is fun. I, most movies I can sit down. I've, I've watched awful B-movies. I've watched cheap low budget stuff and I always go there's some kind of entertainment value in this me and you watched Godzilla vs. Kong one of the worst movies I have ever seen and <laughs> still found one. enjoyment no not the new not one the, new. the original and we still found enjoyment in it if we can do that surely we can find some enjoyment in next week's movie although I think that we are going to be sh- sh- disappointed Rich well, Evans my enjoyment, my enjoyment is going to be coming from the fact that I'm going to have PTSD flashbacks to Lego Star Wars Episode 2. Yeah, I'm very excited. We'll jump into that um, on the next episode. Do you have any final thought? Like, like, you just do yours. Like, your honest opinion of this movie. Because I kind of did mine earlier, but I'll sum it up in, in just a little bit. But let's hear yours. Just your opinion on Attack of the Clone. Or no, Phantom Menace as a concept. Number one, we didn't even touch on this. What a stupid name for a movie. The Phantom Menace? <laughs> the Go Phantom ahead. Menace is... It, it's, I mean, The Phantom Menace is Darth Maul. But mm-hmm. that's a whole separate conversation. Um, but, so, this movie is overhated. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. It's not this, this awful pile of garbage on fire that people make it out to be. It is a lot of neat ideas is that they never flesh out properly because they're too... They, they want to just do fun action set pieces instead of going, hey, let's talk about this. But it's not awful. I If it's on... Like, <laughs> if that was on and I've been tortured, I think, okay, it could be worse. <laughs> That's my only... Okay. It's, it's not as bad as Guantanamo Bay torture. <laughs> I would say, and I still stand by this so far, We'll do, we'll do a, a recap at the end when we finish all three of these movies, which we're building up to the Obi-Wan series, of course. We'll do a little Actually. recap. I still stand by, after watching this movie with fresh eyes and a fresh mind, I really did try to go into this with no 
no preconceived ideas about what it should be. That's why I went back on a lot of things that I did think about this movie, like the CGI being bad and the the, the world building being bad and, and all of these things. And so I try to look at it from fresh eyes, and now those are both things that I really respect about this movie in retrospect, seeing it after probably 10 years for the first time. Now, because I'm pretty sure the last time I watched this movie was before um, Force Awakens came out, and that's been eight years ago now. With that being said, I still think this is probably the best of the prequel trilogy because it's the only one that presents us with something that is, is gives us something to hold on to. They really dropped the ball with expounding on that stuff in the next two movies. This movie is so frustrating because it has so many cool ideas and so many neat concepts and it does nothing with any of them. And that frustrates me. Because I want this movie, more than the other two, to be better than it is. Because it has the potential to be better than it is. This movie also feels a lot like Star Wars. The way I remember Star Wars. The, I watched Star Wars, I watched the original trilogy growing up. I didn't have a chance, I didn't watch these movies until I was probably like 13 years old. And so, for the first time, I see these movies. And I'm like... These don't feel like they belong, except for this one. This one does truly feel like it belongs in the rest of them. It would be the the worst of the the four, if you're including this, but it's still not out of place, if that makes sense. And that's what uh, next week I feel like we're especially going to be talking about. Is oh, yeah. Attack of the Clones just feels out of place. And so... I still stand by. This is probably the best of the prequel trilogy, in my opinion. It does deserve the hate that it gets, though, because it's horrible, and I hate it. But I also will never watch it again, ever, probably, in my life, because this movie is very frustrating, and I hate every aspect of it. But it's also my favorite of the prequel trilogies. So I'll probably never watch any of those movies again outside of this oh, thing that no. we're doing. Um but that's it. We did it. Josh, we watched and talked about The Phantom Menace, and we brought the podcast back from the dead. So, <laughs> I think more power to us. I think we did a really good job here. I think we're doing good work. We, we, we're doing work. That's something. I mean, we both say that, at least. We're certainly working. It is one of the works <laughs> of all time. This, this certainly is one of the movie trilogies of all time. This certainly is one of the podcasts of all time. Of all time. <laughs> all right, Josh, thank you very much for sitting in on this with me watching this movie folks thanks for listening uh i'm i'm i i, I don't know how to respond this movie kind of broke me i had to watch it in two different pieces as well i didn't really mention that i i watched, I, I watched it before i fell asleep i uh, i i watched the first half and then i was like because i i was kind of going to this weird thing where i was getting lulled into the movie and so i paused it about halfway through and then watched the rest and I think that helped out a lot. Um, I don't know, man. I this movie broke me. I, I like. I'm gonna have to split Attack of the Clones into a week long thing because otherwise <laughs> it might. It might. My brain is already long gone, and that might destroy me completely. It may just melt my my temple. It, it actually it genuinely may. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh. Thanks for watching this movie with me. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of Semi Pro.